Let's, uh, let's start with prayer, okay? Our Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. You're great and powerful, even as we heard from Isaiah today. You rule over all the kingdoms of the earth. You rule over us. And we are your family, your children, that you've redeemed and bought from destruction. Through your blood, Jesus, through the cross and your resurrection from the dead, we're gathered together in your name. You've poured out on us the Holy Spirit. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, the God who lives within us, to speak to our hearts, to speak to us, to reveal Jesus and our Father to us, to let us know the great love that's been demonstrated in Christ toward us. And we thank you. Thank you. May whatever we do here be something that builds up, strengthens, and encourages the body of Christ. May it be so. In Jesus' name. I suppose you give a genesis of how you come to an idea of what you're to talk about. Uh, I hope you don't mind me doing that, but and you, I hope you don't mind me standing down here. I feel feel better standing here. Uh, when when I got the invitation to speak, I was doing my quiet time. It was early in the morning. And uh, I got a text saying, hey, would you do this? And it was interesting because at the time I got that, I was in my quiet time, I was considering the second coming of Jesus and how serious that was and how maybe in some ways we've taken that rather lightly and just sort of like, hey, you know, Jesus is coming, oh boy. But I don't know that it's going to be, oh boy. It'll be, oh boy. It'll be yay and hallelujah, but... There's a seriousness to us because when he comes, there'll be an ultimate reality right then and there that we, that we need to prepare for and are being prepared for by the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I was thinking along that line. And I thought, and it was interesting because like when that came, I thought, I was thinking of speaking to people about that. And here I get this text it's inviting me. So it was pretty clear my response. However, what wasn't clear after, as time went on was what exactly was I going to present? Now, I thought initially that because that's what I was doing. And then it occurred to me this, this thought. And one minister, speaking to young ministers, he gave them this advice. He said, take whatever you're going to say and boil it down to one sentence as a statement of what you're going to say and then work from there and make it short and concise. I'd like to think I'll do that. I'm not sure. But, but anyway, so, so I'm going to tell you what the bottom line is, but then we're going to go another direction. We're going to stay in the same realm and go a different direction. When we gather together as believers, and I'm speaking to people who put their faith and trust in Jesus, we bring with us the relationship that we have with him. If we're passive about our faith, that's what comes here, passivity. 
If, we, if we're sinning, that's what comes here. We're sinning. If we're idolatrous, we're, and that's sinning, of course, but, but that's what we bring. So whatever kind of a relationship we bring or when we come together, that affects everybody here, all of us. And so the bottom line, what I'm trying to say is we need to develop our relationship with Jesus. Certainly this involves the word of God. But just like any relationship, you know, we, we talk, we listen, and we spend time together. Otherwise, we wouldn't know each other. We'd have no idea. We wouldn't have any idea about the person. And so, what I'm trying to present is quiet time. Our quiet time, however it is at night, in the morning, whenever you do it, to come before God and to present yourself. Now, originally, I was going to, I was going to do my quiet time. Uh, but that, I, things get changed. Uh, somebody else is in charge, I was going to do it. And what I do is I establish, and I'll just tell you this, I establish a path that I want, a scripture path. And I follow that path. And it changes from time to time. I add, take away. depends what's in my heart, you know, as to, to what is being addressed. That way, and you know this, if anybody's pr- if you've prayed at all, that your mind gets drawn to this side, to that side. You start thinking about this I got to do at work today. I forgot that, you know. And this always gives you a place to come back to when you drift. So I have a path that I follow. That's what we were going to do, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, instead, instead, I want to talk about, because really, most everybody here, you know who I am. You know my name. You know I've been here a long time. But you don't really know me at all. And I want to talk about prayer from experiences I've had, three, three experiences. And uh, maybe it'll help some of you, but I'd like to think it will. And I'm coming out of Luke chapter 18, verse 1. I'm not going to go any further than verse 1. It says, the men ought always to pray and not faint. Or you could, they, someone translation says, men ought always to pray consistently and not give up hope. And men ought always to pray and not quit. One, one guy said, one minister said that the failure in ministry, a failure in ministry, or we could say in our lives, is a failure to pray and to pray right. Again, it takes time, it takes the Word of God, and it takes listening for the voice of God for that. I came to, I came to the Lord when I was 10 years old. I was at a, a meeting, it was, uh, this is back in 1962. Uh, the minister was Bill Piper. I remember very clearly, it was on a Thursday night, Claim Street Baptist Church. And at that time, I'd been raised in church, so I, I knew the words, I knew all the stuff. But that night, I knew that I needed Jesus. I didn't really understand much about that, but I knew I needed to respond to whatever the message was. And so I went forward. And that's well, isn't that where everything starts. You start with praying. And so I was led in a prayer, and I asked Jesus to come into my life. Now, Jesus is faithful 
And our Father God does not give up on his children, does not cast us away. As time went on, you know, I, I grew, I remember one thing, I remember when right after that happened, well, I was baptized shortly after that. But right after that happened, I, I, I was laying in bed, and I remember this very clearly, and I'd be going to God, I need to change. I need to change. I need to change. I don't know why I knew that or even thought that, but I knew I needed to change. There needed to be something in my life. Of course, I went on, we uh, went in high school, and when I was in high school, as a junior, I had this deep desire to know God. And so what I did was every night, I'd go into my room, close the door, I'd get on my knees at my bed. I had no clue what to do. And I'd just bow there and say, here I am. And I'd, and I'd pray and cry out to God. Uh, things came up, actually, and I've learned a lot since then, but actually things came up that, that, that scared me. I don't know if God's ever asked you to do stuff scare you. Uh, one thing was I'd, I'd stolen some cigarettes from a store, and that was brought to my attention in the, that quiet time. And I could not shake that. I wanted to think, well, you know, that's a while ago. It's done, you know. What am I going to do about it? But I couldn't shake it. And so I went to the store. I got money that I earned. I went to the store on our way home from church one day. And I, I told the guy, I stole cigarettes here a couple years, a few years ago. What do I owe you for those cigarettes? Now, the Bible says to pay seven times. So I, I don't know that I had seven times the cost. But, but I handed it to him, and he was like just shocked. He didn't know what to say. He said, well, well, that's enough. I said, okay. And of course, I felt, I felt the affirmation of the Spirit. If you obeyed God's Spirit and telling you to do something, and you have this great release and great joy comes up in your heart. That's how I felt. Well, time went on. We, we started a prayer group at our high school. We had like a high school, like about 3,000 kids. And we started a prayer group of all different denominations. We prayed together and stuff. I'd had no clue what I was doing, but that's what we did. And uh, I went on to, uh, my parents asked me, uh, that if I would, before I go to college, would go to one year of Bible school. And I agreed to, because I really didn't know what I was going to do anyway. So I went to Moody Bible Institute for a year. And while there, which is this is kind of interesting, while there, uh, I became disillusioned. And it's not because the people around me weren't believers, because they were. And not because they were, weren't true believers and you know, dedicated believers, because they were. It's because of my own desires and, and my own person. And as a result of that, that year, uh, I, I, I came to my home and I, I stood outside my house. Well, I'd, I'd prayed this while I was there. I said, God, that was during Vietnam and they're doing the draft lottery. And I, asked, I told the Lord, I said, I said, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to try to avoid that at all. Uh, so I, I would like my number high or low. That way I know what I need to do. And they had, you know, like a lottery thing like we see on TV. And they had pretty girls pulling birth dates out of the, out of the cage thing. And that's how they listed you. And uh, I was number 12. So there was no question about whether I was going to go or not. So during that summer, uh, I worked, and uh, because of various things, I became very angry. 
angry at God. I became disillusioned with the Christian life. And so I, I remember staying outside my house, smoking a cigarette. My parents would have died if they saw me. But, but I was smoking a cigarette, and I said to God, I said, look, I said, I want you to get out of my life, and, and let me make this statement. Don't do this. Don't ever do this. I said, God, get out of my life. Leave me alone, and let me find out what's really going on, because that's what I said. And, and then I said, and probably this was the smartest thing I said in that whole thing, I said, but when it's done, when I find out, would you let me know what's real? So two and a half years later, I'm in the military now. Two and a half years later, I'm in Alaska. I'm sitting in a room with a guy who was planning to go AWOL. They put him with me to bring stability. Instead, we got high together. And uh, I remember one night, I was just watching him. He was, he was babbling to himself, walking around, reaching at the walls. And I was coming to be straight. And I went up to him, and I led him back to his bed. And, Got him in bed, and I sat down in bed, and it was dark. It was dark. It was only just dark. It was dark. And I, when, I, when I asked God to leave me alone, I decided that it would be wrong for me to pray. Because if I ask him to leave me alone, I need to leave him alone. I remember I was, I was, I was an airborne ranger. The first jump I had... We're, we stood up, and I automatically started to pray. And then I stopped myself. And I said, it's not right that I should pray, because I asked God to leave me alone. And, and so I went ahead and, but that's, that was my mentality. So on this night when it was all dark, I didn't even think about praying. I, was, I, was, I decided what I'd do is OD, just be done with everything. That was my mind. Now, what have I done that? I don't know. I have no idea. When I said, when I made that decision, and I don't even know how to describe this, Jesus came to me. He didn't introduce himself. I knew exactly who he was. He said to me, he said, well, did you find out what you wanted to find out? And I said, yes, sir. He said, you ready to follow me now? And I said, yes. See, without properly Connecting yourself, well, there are three things, actually. I'll start with the, the one we've been hitting on, community. Having deep relationships and honest relationships with other believers. The Word of God and spending time with, with God in prayer. Those three things will hold you steady. I was, I'd toss those off, and here I was. But Jesus came to me, and he... He asked me to follow him. So I did. And it was rough and it was rocky and there's so many stories between nine years later, nine years later, I'm back, I'm back in Illinois. That's where I grew up. And, uh, and I'm all mixed up again. This time, it was a result of I was confronted with something in my life that was terrifying for me to deal with. I did not want to deal with it. As a result, because I wouldn't deal with it, I ended up just backsliding from the Lord. Again, I cut myself off from the community of believers. I, I backed off the word. I backed off prayer. Found myself in a mess. And then, uh, 
At the end of that time, I, I ended up on the 10th of February in 1980. I came to West Virginia. I started out for West Virginia. I was in Illinois. And uh, it came to me one morning in prayer, in my quiet time. And the thought came to me, it said, 40 years ago, you came here. I thought, 40 years ago? And I, and I thought about the time, I looked at the time, and it was. It was 40 years ago. Now it's a little bit more than 40, but... I came, I stayed at the Iron Horse Inn in Elkins and, and was working down here. I ended up in a trailer in Bealington, a little 8 by 24 trailer. Again, I'm not, I'm not communing with God. I couldn't, I couldn't go out and get drunk and run around with the guys I worked with because I was so convicted. I'd, I'd go into a bar and all I could think was were the guys in that bar needed Jesus. They were lost. The people in that were lost. And I was in no shape to communicate anything to them. And here I am there, and you know, I know what I know, and I know who I know. And, you know. and so in that little eight by 24 foot trailer, <laughs> which I thought was a steal, it was like 45 bucks a month, aux, everything, you know. And I'm getting a lot of, fair amount of money for what I was doing. And, uh, but in that trailer, I, I remember when I turned on the TV, and I hit this program, and it's a, a ministry program. And I start turning away from it, and I felt like, go back and listen to what the guy says. And, and so I did. I turned back. And the guy was speaking, and, and I just, as he spoke, I just broke down weeping. And I broke down weeping, and I said, God, this is what I always wanted. There was such a reality in what he said, such truth in what he said. I said, I want that. I, I need that. You know, and I cried. But I felt, I felt like, I mean, Jesus came to me and said, come to me. And here I am all screwed up again. And I thought, I thought I was lost. I remember one night in that trailer, I just cried out to God. I said, if I got to go to hell, let's do it now. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen. But I said, let's do it now. I was serious. I said, if I got to, because... To the last day on earth, I'm going to serve you and walk with you. And I learned out, I learned, and I prayed, and I cried out to God during that whole period of time. I'll jump forward till, uh, I don't know, 2002. A lot of things happened. We went, I ended up going to Europe, met my wife, got married, had two kids. Um, I'm back here now, back in Elkins. And through various bunch of circumstances, uh, we ended up in kind of a difficult situation, painful situation. And, uh, and again, I, I, I started to drift. You know, you, when you drift from God, you don't drift quick. Remember, you always pray, not faint. You don't drift quick, you drift slowly. It could be quick, I suppose. But you drift slowly, you sort of cut this out, back that off lose the sense of reality of the presence of God in your life, then all of a sudden, you know, you're just, you know, and you may not get as messed up as I did, but, but it's just as bad being sort of like numb to the things of God. We need Him. We need His reality in our lives. And when we gather together, if His reality is in your life and it's in my life at whatever stage of development we are as His kids, then that reality's apparent to everyone in our midst. So, 
So I drifted from God again. This time, I was at, during that time, I was coming here. And some of you were here. I came up, stood right there, confessed sin to the church. I had, I had you know, I, I didn't see it the same way. Bryce had brought a message on Aiken uh, and how he took some stuff from Jericho he wasn't supposed to. And as a result, a bunch of guys died. And, uh, and that struck me because I thought, I thought, I've been living in just away from God and I'm, and I'm coming to church every week. Now, mind you, while I was here, I, I was, when we'd have communion, sometimes I wouldn't take it, but sometimes I would. And I'd go, I need you. I need all that you had to offer. I need you. And so I wasn't not communicating. And he would communicate with me. He would talk to me. And uh, so on May 1st, 2016, uh, sitting where I normally sit in the back there, uh, I realized, I don't even even know how to explain this either, I realized we were singing this song uh, uh, about the love of God. And uh, I can't think of the name of the song, but that doesn't matter. And in, in that song, it talks about the chains falling off. He looks at me and the chains fall off. And I stand up and I'm free. And you know, he says, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. And I did that in my heart. I was still sitting back there. And, it, it, and I was free. And the thing I found was the very next day, I felt like, like I need to pray. So I got down. And this we're talking like a 14-year drift off into darkness. I, I wouldn't even know how, when I, when I came out of that prison, it was like, I was Rip Van Winkle, you know, who just woke up after 40 years. And it was like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Well, it's almost like I was raised from the dead, almost. And, uh, and I got down on my knees, and, and I didn't know how to pray. I hadn't prayed for years. And I did not know how to pray, which kind of shook me a little bit. I don't know about you, but like when I pray and when I'd prayed previously, I would, in a sense, mind you, this is, but in a sense, I would see God. I would see Jesus. I would look at him. I'd look for his face. And I'd commune with him when I prayed. And I hadn't done that for years. And... So I was there, and this, this thought came to me. It says, the Lord's Prayer. I said, oh, okay. So, so I could do that. So I did. I started doing the Lord's Prayer. And I would say, you know, our Father. And, I'd, and then I'd, I learned how to look at it. And my eyes started being open, and I started seeing him again. And then things, things changed. And then, you know, then the pathway changed. And prayer and time with God is of utmost importance in all of our lives. And that's, that's, all, that's really what I have to say. It's that simple. If we bring that close in an intimate relationship with Jesus, no matter how long you've been in the Lord, and we bring that here together, then together we experience 
the very thing Pastor Bryce has talked about, a very unique sense of his presence, him coming into our midst while we're gathered together. And we need that. We need that to empower us, to strengthen us, to motivate us, to heal us. We need that. Let me, let me, let me pray over you, and then I'll finish. Father, I pray that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of you. I pray that the eyes of our hearts might be flooded with light so we might know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of your power that is directed toward us who believe. That same power that you worked when you raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead and seated him in your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and power and authority and dominion. And you've given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of beings in heaven, of beings in earth, and of beings under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. I also pray that you grant us, according to the riches of your glory, inexhaustible, unsearchable, to be strengthened with power through your spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may we be rooted and grounded in your love, knowing the love you have for us, opening our eyes to see that love, and in turn, turning that love back to you, loving you with all our hearts, souls, minds, and strength. And then in realizing your love for us, Jesus, loving one another, and in loving ourselves as created in you, loving our neighbors. May we together with all the saints be able to comprehend what is the length, the breadth, the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. I pray also that we might be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that we might walk in a manner worthy of you, our Lord, to please you in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of you, our God, strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to you, our Father, you who have qualified us to share together in the inheritance of the saints in light. Thank you.